Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> to, to go from the high that was the in real life Hellfire Gala in San Diego to the lowest of lows. To that where was we are right now. The most devastating party I've ever pseudo attended. Yeah. Welcome to the Talking Dead. I mean, welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I am Justin. I don't have anything else. When we used to watch Walking Dead and there would be one of those really traumatic episodes, I was always so grateful for Talking Dead after process it out so we could process our emotions together as a family and i feel like that's what what we're about to do we've got just the one tangy on today's episode the monster of a book this is this is a over 70 pages but it is i i think it is so good i think it's good i love this book I think it's good. I think there's there's a couple of things, you know, not to get too into big reacts, but there's a couple of things that rub me the wrong way in a bit. Mm. But um, overall, I mean, and in general, you know, genocide. Yeah, <laughs> death feels and destruction weird. is difficult. Um, yeah, uh, especially just the the recurring genocide of the mutant people. Yes, yes. So there there are some there are some reactions. Mm-hmm. But then there's some understandings of where they're coming from, right? There, there's some excitement about where we go as a narrative from here. That's very true. I feel like this is going to be an issue that I read over and over again, though. I've already read it three times. I mean, I've read it twice. Wow. That's like Inferno status. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we have no news yeah, this is this is we'll do another episode where we do the news and we do all the other books, the books Fun from last things week. And we laugh about the stuff. The books from this week. Yeah, we'll have a grand old time. Today we are here to process the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. And the Hellfire Gala only. Only. I mean, I we almost considered adding an Iron Man. Mm. But I think having a little separation from that as well. If you haven't read Iron Man, it does continue Emma's story from this point and yes. adds a little bit more detail as to what's going on next. For sure, for sure. But I think we can only handle just this right now. And it, it deserves its own episode. Yeah, I agree. Do you want to talk about the cover? I mean, we've seen this cover for months Except now we have the full reveal, little juggernaut hanging out in the corner behind Emma's shoulder because he is the official vote winner, mm. confirmed by Jordan D. White on X-Men Monday. Team juggernaut, baby. There you go. You can dance around Glow. the graves of all the mutants. That's upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Why would you say that? Because we're getting into it. <laughs> I love Phil Noto. I think that this cover is just amazing. Everybody looks so fierce and beautiful and badass and yes all of the above except for xavier he kind of looks like he's pooping doesn't he look at him he's He's clenching come on yeah so yeah all right we're gonna give it a big one here we go page turn noise emma and scott 
We're starting out on a little treehouse swing. X weeks ago, discussing what we should do about Miss Marvel. You know, this is intending to happen before she died. Right. They knew. They didn't know what to do about it. They, She's a girl. She's got a family. She's a superhero with a secret identity. Flash forward to, hey, she's dead. She's dead. But now she's not. And now she's resurrected as a mutant. How'd you feel about this? I mean... A mutant? It's... It's hard to have like an in-moment reaction because Marvel gave it away. I mean, I I am kind of glad that they did just because of the backlash of everyone. Right, like get that out of the way before. Right, right. Hey, rip the Band-Aid. Hey, she's been dead for a week, two. <laughs> Couple, a little bit of time. A day and a half in Marvel time, not even. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I don't mind it. I, I like it. I like Kamala as a character, so Bring bringing her, in. her into the universe and the stories that I read, I'm I'm here for it. What I I I know she's a minor, but where'd she get that robe? Sure, yeah. Like right. she, she's over here. Like, did I just come out of that egg? Like right. she, where did she get that robe? Someone handed it to her. <laughs> you know, it was a piece of fabric on the ground, and she embiggened it somehow. No, that's not how that works. Xavier was like, hey, we're, we're going to have you on a panel, and this is a family-friendly book. <laughs> Put this robe on. Despite all the murder. But, I mean, I think her reaction and, and her confusion and her... Disgust over coming out of the egg. Right. And, and what I really always appreciate about Kamala as a character whenever I experience her, whether it's in a show or in a book, is the true to teenage nature that she has of this like bopping all of these exploding thoughts in her head like they're all just kind of bouncing around and they're coming to her and she's saying everything that's in her mind like out loud yeah i love that the fact that cyclops talks about him being an old man to her but Mm. also his son being an old man and the time travel shenanigans that are always inherent with the x-men kamala has no interest in coming out as a mutant as emma puts it she is not ready to do that. Like That is not something that she is signed on for. Happy to be alive. Sorry to disappoint. Right. And I mean, Emma, I think from the X weeks ago till now, is really thinking of this as this is politics, right? Oh, they yeah. say that in this book. Like She's trying to Everyone loves change the face of, of what the idea of being a mutant is. Sure. Like, you know? And I think it's interesting to say, like, this is someone who didn't know she was a mutant and she is a mutant. And now does your perspective on her change just because she is. Right. And I like that they're upfront with her about it. And they tell her, like, later on, you know, this is. Yeah, this is something you can do. You think it over. You can just process the fact that you just died. I love that she's like, wait, how did I die? What did, what happened? Yeah, Spider-Man can tell you about that. He'll fill you in if you really want to know, which is an interesting plot detail for a later time. Spider-Man's going through some dark times himself, personally. I, I, you know, Not to derail and go into Spider-Man, but he just seems to be embracing all of his villains one by one as he goes through this arc. But Jumbo's got a look for Kamala, and she's got freaking out ideas about what's going on in her parents' minds. Right. And... Jumbo has two looks, a gala look and a new design. Right. And costume. You, yes, a new a new costume design. And you know, the artist who designed Rasputin's gala look also designed the new costume. Cool. Jamie McKelvey. McKelvey. 
Yeah. I love slash hate this thing from Scott right here about, hey, have you ever taken a gate to the moon or New York or Rocco? Scott, you've never been to Morocco. Yeah, we have rude. just established that. Right. Have you ever taken a gate to Morocco? How about you, Scott? Seriously, it's pretty great being a mutant, especially when nobody's trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. But what is her mutant power? The big question on everyone's minds, or at least on her mind, because, hey, don't I get another power? Right. And I mean, I'm really excited to find out what that is because we don't know. No. And, you know, Xavier's not going to tell you. Nope. So that takes us straight to our title page. Welcome to the Hellfire Gala. The Hellfire Gala, written by Jerry Duggan, with pencils by nine different artists throughout this book. Adam Kubert, Luciano Vecchio, Matteo Lolly, Russell Dodderman, Javier Pina, Arby Silva, Joshua Casara, Chris Anka, and Pepe Larraz. Nine different line artists. Colors by Rain Barreto, Ceci de la Cruz, Matthew Wilson, Eric Arseniega, and Marte Gracia, five color artists. No name on letters, just virtual calligraphy. That is VCs, if you're wondering at home. VCs. VCs owns this book. VCs did this letter, baby. VCs did it. And I'll say it. I'm happy to. We do have that cover by Phil Noto and a God's interlude written by Jonathan Hickman and Jerry Duggan with art by Valerio Shidi and colors by Marte Gracia. So that two-page interlude introducing Wynn and Dimitri, their mm. first appearance on page. Interesting. We'll get to that soon. <sighs> welcome, welcome to the Hellfire Gala. This is interesting because, so I've now redeemed my physical copy for a digital copy in Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. It is formatted as an infinity scroller again. Again. And I hate it. You hate it. I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It just takes away the the bulk of a lot of the images. It takes away the ability to move around pages. You Mm. can only just scroll up and down. I get that out of the way now just because it reminds me of it because it seems as though it was almost set up to do so Mm. with these line breaks the way that they are. Interesting. But we're talking about Miss Marvel's situation, human mutant relations overall, and how Jumbo is trying to make things better with this relationship with the lighthouse keeper on (laughs) McNeese Island. I love it. I love love. And I like seeing the the cuckoos, the five in one in their new role, right? Like they were we haven't initially. Right. But we haven't seen because we see Lords in this as well, right? Like we haven't seen what's been going on in the Hellfire Training Company since Emma took her step back. Yeah, so the end of Jerry's Marauders. Right. So it's nice to see see them shine a little bit here. Friendship and futurism. A dialogue. Talking about all the guests that have benefited from the drugs, the advances of Krakoa. You know, they admit to their stumbles, the things that Krakoa has done that hasn't really gone over entirely too well. Mm -hmm. I love the designs of the characters. Just to talk about Luciano's work here, the number of characters that he has done, Forge, Cyclops. Forge is looking great. Right. Got a a lot of callbacks to his first appearance, classic look. Mm -hmm. And he's so excited standing behind his housing project. This new Krakoan technology that's going to revolutionize homelessness. I love it. I love it as a concept. Also, Forge, good work. We'll be voting soon. But before that happens, there's a 
little bit of trouble at the treehouse. Mm-hmm. An alarm's gone off. Gene wants to know, should we both go? No, Scott's got this. Scott's going. He's got this, but we don't see it. The pages from the Hellfire Gala preview mm-hmm. from New Comic Book Day, only one of them actually make it in, and, and we didn't even see most of that before. So, for a recap, it is someone has gone to the treehouse to steal... Mysterious man in shadows Captain, with an Orcus suit. Yes, to steal the Captain Krakoa suit and ends up throwing Scott out the building. Potentially killing him. But mm-hmm. as we find, no, he's, right. he's fine. He's, well, he's not fine, but... <laughs> I asked Josh while we were in San Diego Comic-Con if there was going to be another issue that those pages would appear, and he wasn't sure. He didn't think that they, they were initially intended for this big mega-sized issue but had to get cut for space. Mm. Right, because he had them on the table, right? So yeah. we were like, where are those going to be? Mm-hmm. Well, Scott goes. Scott's out. Gene's here. He says, make sure you let them know our news if I'm not back in time. Something has happened off panel. There's been some reconciliation between our our team leads. Mm-hmm. You know, Gene basically in the last issue of X-Men said, hey, you either are married to the X-Men or you're married to me. Pick yeah, one. essentially. And he at least made the right choice. And <laughs> You are one crew or you're an enemy of one crew. There you Choose. Go. That was for you, Blonde China. Juggernaut <laughs> in the background saying, hey, you know, I, I think everything's great for the X-Men. Well, you know, you've been doing some good things yourself, Juggernaut. I think you'd make a great X-Man. I think you'd be a great addition to the team. Thanks, Gene. Oh, well. I do. So I hated Gene's helmet initially. I like it here. I do like it. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know if it's grown on me or just the fact that she needs to be battle ready for what's to come. Yeah. Maybe. Mixture of the two. I think it's grown on me. I think once I saw the full outfit, I was like, oh, okay. I I see it now. Mm. And then we get Kate. Leaning on her gates. Leaning on her gates. I love this detail about the fact that people hate. That she does this all the time. That she just, she's in the way. They're a wall until someone tries to walk through them. And Destiny and Mystique are walking through in a huff. The murder mummies are having a little spat. <laughs> Making a scene. They're coming out with some, some conversation that we don't get the full story of. No, we never know what it is they're arguing about. Right. Or what Mystique is so upset about. <laughs> the fact that Bobby, yeah, maybe watch your mouth. Yeah, they could just kill you if they heard you talking trash, Bobby. So maybe chill. We were, when we were at San Diego and I was on the X-Men panel, Mm -hmm. there was a question from the audience about who is your favorite Hellfire Gala look always. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to answer every question that came up, but I had a question locked and loaded. It's Mystique. Mystique kills it literally and figuratively every every year. year. Like murderer of men and looks. (laughs) Yeah, that's valid. And Kate actually got her stuff together for this year. And, yeah, you know, that's yeah. pretty cool. It's not too shabby, this look. No pants, but who needs them? Who needs pants? It's hot on Krakoa or McNeese. A little bonding moment here yeah. between Kamala and Charles. Getting to know each other. The the guilt coming through Kamala. I, I do love the captured innocence of Kamala mm-hmm. in this image. The way that she's so shyly leaning up against the wall or really the bound of the panel. Yeah. Because <laughs> she is just standing out in the open. 
the fact that she's worried of how her parents would freak out if they knew, hey, on top of all this, I'm a superhero and I'm a mutant and everybody right. hates us. You just show up. Hey, mom and dad. Um, listen, I'm alive and I'm alive because I'm a mutant and I am also Miss Marvel. Okay, aren't you so happy to see me? Okay, bye. <laughs> so I'm going to go upstairs to my room. Talk to you later. And, uh, you know, Charles is trying to give her that little spiel that we were talking about as a, to like why they want to have her reveal herself as a mutant or why it would be beneficial to them. And he leaves with saying, call me Charles. Call me Charles. Just call me Charles. Wow. But uh, before you go, (laughs) I got to know, what other powers do I have? Because Mm -hmm. that's that's part of the deal, right? Right. We we get all the hate and fear, but cool powers as well. Right. Tell me my power, Charles. Can't. You know, we, we can go through that. We can discover that. But that's up to you. That is the body autonomy that we believe in here on Krakoa. Mm. I think it's interesting that she has a mutant gene and it was recognized by Cerebro, but she hasn't essentially gone through her muberty yet because her power hasn't shown itself. Right. Well, and the effects of the Terrigen mists, mm. right? So this is the way Maybe that... Maybe suppressing it a little. Right. And, and interesting to think, you know, he brings up the little bit about Rogue and how... She's all powerful, super powerful, but was extremely vulnerable to the mist and was nearly killed by it. So Mm -hmm. how it affects, traditionally affects mutants. And I love this panel. Uh, They don't have any dialogue, but we get to see Rogue and Captain Marvel together hanging out after, you know, the Captain Marvel series and the crossover with the brood and everything that happened between Rogue and Carol and getting this, this moment for them to be connecting here on panel is really nice. I mean, I do... I called it when the looks were first announced that Captain Marvel won. I mean, she, this is a great look. It's a great look. And then now just looking at Rogue, which her her outfit looks amazing. So similar to Kate's with the short mm. shorts, dress. Booty shorts and high pants. Yeah, uh, high and, boots. A, and a long cape-like dress. It's a short skirt and a long jacket. jacket. Yeah, cake. <laughs> oh, it's my girl. The great, the great X removed Cerebro and gazed upon you with his clear blue eyes. <laughs> I love Rasputin, but that made me bomb. Yeah, the great X. Come oh, on, come Rasputin. On. This is a great moment between the two of them, right? The, just, again, to your point about Kamala being an awkward person, an mm-hmm. awkward teenager. I love her, yes. I'm Miss I'm Marvel the first. I'm, uh, oh, I know you. Oh, I know you. And then at the end when she's like, wait, am I your hero? Do you notice the little stars in her eyes? Yes, I love oh, it. It's such a cool detail. I love it. And I love also that Rasputin is like, I know your tales from the future. Right. Which is interesting because Rasputin comes from the sins of sinister future. And we were not made aware of, you know, Miss Marvel in that timeline. But Rasputin knows yeah. of her, which is cool. Right. That makes me wonder... When it comes up for them, does mm. she still die? Does Rabin go crazy in the Sinister Timeline? I, I'm assuming because it was all happening at the same time. Oh, right. Get ready for that interlude. Mm-hmm. Little gods for your Hellfire Gala. Magic is unimpressed. How'd you get in here? This is invite only, bub. You smell like magic. <laughs> They're so mysterious, right? Gods, but as abbreviations g-o-d-s right we don't know what it stands for we don't know who they are hickman is weaving his mysteries and he's got something that he's been cooking for a while but i like that they in infused it into this story you know it makes me 
wonder when we were at the con and I was in the X-Men panel, they were talking about how when Hickman pitched the original Hawkspox, he had six years of story ready to go. So do you think these characters could have been somehow infused in some of that story? And now that, you know, Fall of X is upon us, we're finding a way to infuse some of that hmm. in. I don't know, because they feel so separate from mutants, right? They, they feel bigger than mutants. Mm-hmm. They feel Marvel Universe wide. But they could have been, you know, villains or something that the mutants encountered that would then spread off. I mean, six years of story is a lot of years. Sure, sure. Just interesting to introduce them at the Hellfire Gala. Well, just two of them, right? Right. The rest of them will gradually appear in similar interludes in other books. The conversation, though, is centered around Magneto's statement at the Jerusalem yes. habitat. The you have new gods now. And they, uh, you know, Wynn and Dimitri, they've got a problem with that. Professional curiosity, because they work for the old gods. Mm-hmm. Or the old ones, at least. The old ones. Yes, they've, they've come to scope it out. They've invited themselves. Because they come and go as they please, like you do, Magic. It was mm-hmm. great to have Valerio on here. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Kingpin. Oh, Kingpin. Kingpin on Krakoa? Uh, Sam is not a fan. No. Not not down with it. It's like, like, hey. Listen, I liked Krakoa. I like mutants. Y'all are cool. But this guy? Really? Seriously? I I love the logic from Prodigy and Frenzy here. Well, if you did a ranking on who's the worst on the island. Definitely not Kingpin. It's not Kingpin. <laughs> like, do you know who we have here? Do you know who's off the streets? Right. That's Frenzy's point. Like, hey, if he's here surrounded by heroes... Right. He's not going to do anything stupid. Right. We're protecting you, really. Really, yeah. You know, good points all around, except Avengers have to roll out, baby. You know, you were talking about this before, trying to see where one artist picks up and one artist. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. I don't know explicitly. I mean, I do think that this is Luciano because... He designed Prodigy and Frenzy's looks. Mm. And that's really some of the only clues to it. I also see some similarities between this page and some of the opening pages artistically. Ah. I do wish, though, that they would say what pages what artists are on. Even if it was like a separate index, like in the back or something, you know? Because... It's there. There are definitely pages at the end. I was like, "Oh, these are Pepe's pages." Like, yeah, yeah, that are super recognizable. But I would like to be able to appreciate the art and then know which artist did. You know, like when they have two different stories happening at once, they'll be like, "Oh, this person's on the flashback pages, and this person's on the main story, or whatever." Yeah. So it would have been nice to have some credits as to what pages belonged to who. So everything before the title page is Adam Kubert. Mm. I think everything from after the. Title page is Luciano, but I'm not entirely positive. And it seems to also follow the order that they're credited in. Yes. But then, so so you're saying here at this page with Kingpin is where it shifts to Valeria? No. The page with this page with the Wynn and Dimitri, Mm. that's Valeria. Got it. I think and then it goes back. You the think. conversation between Kamala and Rasputin might be Mateo. Ah, Mateo. Because then we get into 
the vote stuff, and that is all Russell. Semantics, semantics. Well, I'll continue to call it out as I recognize it. Yes. Because all the Avengers, they're, they've got something going on. They got to go. They got to leave in a hurry, and it's really upsetting. I mean, if you're at a superhero party and all the superheroes leave. Right. That's a red flag. Yeah. And they're all going to D.C., but Rogue is off to Captain America, which is in a different location. Right. She gets the note about everybody going. So all active or inactive members of the Avengers have these cards that are able to be called in whenever a major tragedy mm. or something's happening. They're all responding to this attack in D.C. So the fake Captain Krakoa from the Free Comic Book Day issue, that's what they're responding to. Whereas Rogue is going to respond to the Orcus attack on Steve Rogers as they've thrown him into the water and he's drowning. Yes. And yeah, so she's off. She's off. A little side convo over here with Emma and Lords. Can't who, find Shaw. Who happens to be missing but that dirty, dirty biscuit, Sebastian Shaw. He's up to no good. How are you not at the gala, Shaw? That's convenient. You know who else I didn't see on any of these pages? Celine. Yeah, well, I don't think she'd be invited, even if she is on the council. <laughs> we don't want your kind here, Celine. In comes Jean, talking about the X-Men team and how we have all evolved. We have all grown. I, I stepped away from the council to form the X-Men to lead this team, and I thought, you know, I've been a leader of X-Men. I have nothing to learn, but it turns out, no, I was the student to our teachers, Sink and Talon, who we have now surprisingly to them nominated yes. to be. You're the leaders the now. Leaders. Uh, like, Do you think they learned all that stuff when they were in the vault? Oh, because they were in the vault. They were in the vault. Because yeah, they were in the vault. They before. were in the vault. Before. Yeah, no, I get you. I hear you. Yeah, before this, they were in the vault for a long time. I do like how you see each of the candidates in these panels behind Jean as she's descending in. It's yes. a really beautiful page overall. Oh, yeah. Like to have outside the bounding boxes of the panels and especially Jean to be able to flutter Float into around. the room, right? I think I would say overall, all the art in this book is the art kills amazing. It. The art kills it left and right. Careful with your words. Sure. But it does. <laughs> it murders it. Uh, now we nominate and vote. Yeah, everybody's like, yeah, Juggernaut, you could do it. That's He's fine. Like, Jean said I'd be a hell of an X-Man. And then the the high point, you know, this is Look like in a roller coaster. Look at that team. The it's roller everyone. Tick, they tick, all tick, made tick, it. Tick, 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 tick. Cannonball, Talon, Sink, Frenzy, Prodigy, Jubilee, Dazzler, and the Juggernaut. Woohoo! I do, you know, there, there's so many feelings about this. I think that this would make a great team. I do too. I think that this finally listens to everyone's reactions to the previous two teams mm -hmm. of, hey, it's really white. Yes. It's really straight. Uh, yes. We now have a lot of queer representation, a lot of people of color, multiple people of color. And then we have the most devastating introduction to the rest of the issue because sorry to drop in nimrod from space avoiding krakoa's detection system just eliminates almost everyone on this team honestly this 
this was like a oh yeah right eh. right no okay yeah. it started you know because you're building up we're we're pretty far into the book and we haven't gotten to the destruction yet and we're like you know my anxiety's building because i'm like all right they told they told me nimrod was coming they told me orcus was coming and they haven't shown up yet and this is how they drop in this is how it happens yes immediately taking out your x-men it's just the the destruction on this page the limbs being torn left and right you know there's some something i guess it's to be said that he's descending from such a great height so he has a lot of momentum yeah nigh invulnerable means nothing frenzy's near invulnerability as well means nothing talon saves sink in that top right corner diving off to the side yeah and i i mean this is where i really started getting my heartstrings Sure. You know, tugged because yeah. this moment when Jubilee is like, beep you, machine, it just like the image of it, the way that she looks so much like she's going to die right now. And right. she's, but she's going to, she's going to go out strong. She's going to blast you away. You think you can take me out like this? And that's instantly like the first knife in the heart. Yeah. You know? And the yeah. way he just reacts and just stomps on her. Yeah. It's devastating. And Gene, 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 Gene. This is a Gene issue, baby. It really is. I mean, she is the hero of a lot of this. It's going to get hard as we continue to go. <laughs> yeah, this is now it's getting difficult. Uh, you know, we laugh through the anguish, but it's it's not funny. It's no. not funny at all. And she's blocking that blow. She's trying to protect everybody. She's taking taking the hit literally for I, everyone. I believe this page is Javier Pena, these two pages. Because then we're back with Luciano. And you know, this is your this is your moment. Like, let's get it together. Everyone to their battle stations. Magic, teleport the people, teams, come on. Let's let's fight these guys. Like, we're not going down without a fight. And this is a really I don't know, this moment for me was so exciting and then you know it's not going to end well, but you still, you're like, yeah, get him! Right, well, because you know, like, all right, we've lost however many mutants already initially in that first attack. And then we, the reader, know there's something wrong with Magic's power. Right. And I love the fact that it's the war captains, just the the halved Jamie Madrox clone flailing in the background. (laughs) But that it's the war captains that are really taking charge of this and, and deciding, okay, this is what we do. This is a time of war. Right. This is our time now. This is what we've been training for, preparing for. And and Magic just being like, let's go, people. I'm going to get you out of here to safety. And then her power's not working at all. Right. Iceman coming at Nimrod. This Ugh. epic 1v1. I'm, I'm reading this. And I'm thinking, where was Iceman in all of those X-Force attacks in Inferno? Right. Because he actually seems to stand a shot against Nimrod. Even Nimrod. I didn't think anyone could like make... Ring my bell. Yeah, that's that's a statement from Nimrod. Because right. he's been walking around talking about how he's going to come in and take down all the Omegas. Doesn't matter. Omega what? I'm coming for you. Omega one? No. <laughs> I do... So we know by the end of this, that Bobby has a solo. Mm-hmm. So disintegrating into liquid 
doesn't necessarily mean he's dead, but he is defeated in this way. Right. Just the reactions from Kate and Romeo. Well, look at his freaking face melting. melting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and him saying, like, he's calling out for the 05 here. Most of them, because Beast is dead to everyone. Right. But, like, this is, like, this feels like a a childhood, like, when someone's on their, like, the last leg and they call for their mom right like that's what that felt like to me like why can't i see what's happening to me he's so scared right now and like you can feel that and then you can see you know the reactions of how scared and upset people are about what is happening like i think the mutants knew that orcus was a threat but i think both orcus and the mutants think that they there's no way they could possibly be defeated and i think this is a really traumatic and humbling experience that they're going through right now. Well, you think about how everyone's talked about on Krakoa, the fact that nobody's been training. Nobody's been doing the things that we need to be doing to be ready for the war that's coming. And the dialogue box is talking about how Orcus has been workshopping this night for years. They've been practicing it and planning it and going through what could go wrong and what do we need and and studying the mutants and their powers and how they're growing and like they've labeled <sighs> omega 1 and omega 2 these right. things the people that they need to target. Right. As omega 1 appears in the background, Jean lifting up Juggernaut ready to throw him like a bullet. I'm right here, murderer. I'm wondering if in that terrible robot brain of yours, you have the answer for what can stop the juggernaut. This was cool. I mean, this is a combo move that I would love to see more of. Even yes. though, you know. This is like fastball special, but not the way you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much Gene more dangerous. Flexing. Flex that power, Gene. Flex that power. And Kane is so excited. He's like, I just got elected to the X-Men. I'm not going to let this happen to my right. people, my friends. I won't let friends. you down. Also, where's Charles at this point? What, I don't know. What you doing, Xavier? What's he gonna do? I don't Robots know. don't have brains, you know. Like Jean has her telekinesis that she's able to flex with, and that's her her omega status is as a telekinetic. But yeah. yeah, I mean, Charles maybe calling for help, or it would be great if he was organizing or or calming minds or doing something. But we don't know. We don't see him. He's not as part of the action. As even more threats seemingly coming in from the sky, all of these stark sentinels descending onto the island. Right, and we we are reminded that the team has faced just one stark sentinel and it didn't go well for them. And now we've got a bunch of them. And that was a seasoned team that had been Mm -hmm. working together of mostly veteran mutants, especially, you know, Gene, Scott, Magic, Bobby... Even Sink and Talon yeah. that had been together in the vault. like These are all people that have fought together in a variety of ways, and they had that much trouble. It's just like once this action started, it is not stopping, baby. No. Sink's trying to hold a force field around the island with Polaris's power, but it's just not enough. Can you reach Storm? As we know, she's got her own thing going on in she's X-Men got Red. stuff happening. Mutant Civil War. Sorry. Oh... And then these two I mean, come literally waltzing in. This this was just like 
the the amount of fun that they're having with they this. They are living their best lives right now. This is the pinnacle of mutant villain. Yeah. Oh, have you met my friend Stasis? Oh, have you met my friend Omega Sentinel? Yeah. Dancing on all these people. Just, just dipping Stasis ahead, uh, in, right in front of Charles's face. Hello, Charles. You look surprised to see me. At this point, you know, to your question, Xavier easily could shut off his mind or do something. But right. that, that's like the moral high ground, right. right? You can't be... I would never be a good hero because I was reading... Again, not to bring it back to Spider-Man, but I was reading Amazing Spider-Man this week's issue and <laughs> Spider-Man was attacking Doc Ock. And I'm like, yeah, kill him. Like yeah, This guy, he's just, just going to keep on coming for you. Yeah. This line from Stasis, like, if you'd been paying attention... You would have seen this coming. Ooh, this, Woof. I called this out when we had last year's Hellfire Gala because we had no idea what he was doing. Right. What was he up to? And now to get that payoff a year later, no, I was injecting Modoc's serum, his his kill switch into your medicines. And this is what's so interesting to me when you look at it from this perspective of, you know, there's the conversation when Hoxpox started, Orcus was introduced. And then for, for a while now, we've even been saying, like, where's Orcus? Where like, what are they doing, right? They've just been plotting. They've been playing the long game. Yeah. They have been plotting because this type of devastation is not possible with an instant attack. This type of devastation takes actual years of preparation. Right. And so now we're seeing it. We're saying, well, last year at the gala, and you're like, oh, snap. That's this that has been was. going on. Y'all have been working with horticulture. Y'all have been doing this. Like, all of this stuff is intentional, and it hurts so much more. It hits so much harder because they have so much behind it. Yeah. Just the fact that last year's Hellfire Gala, they they were calling it, what, Victory Over Krakoa Day or Victory Over Mutants Day. Mm -hmm. If we're going to suspend time and how it works in the Marvel Universe for this to actually make sense, we're arguing that this is potentially a year since that, right? So they're still hitting their anniversary date. Right. I know it doesn't logically make sense, but we just go with it because time it makes is a for construct. fun stories. Yeah. And we're, we're telling Charles about about those medicines, about that kill switch, and we're going to give him a little preview mm. of what could happen to people if we press our magic button. This is definitely Javier. I just recognize him from the issue that had MODOK in it. That's great. You're so good at that. So grateful for you. MODOK coming in, flipping the switch, and letting the humans just go off. And Emma being like, I can't do anything about this because they're, it's it's a chemical reaction. It's not their minds. It's not in their brains. The, just the the chaos and destruction that's going around. The thumbs and the eyeballs tackling people out the window and off the balcony. And while that chaos is happening, Orcus is entering through the gates. Like They have manipulated the gates and everything. They can just come on in. It's get, It's getting crazy. I do like here where the mutants are at least putting up a fight. Yes. Right? You know, they are a society of people with powers that are battle tested for the most part. Most of them are fighters. And this is exactly why what happens at the end of the issue happens. Because if there were survivors from this gala, there would be witnesses to prove that the mutants were not the ones, you know, killing everyone. There well, who's going to believe them? People to They're say. They're dirty mutants. 
Right, but there would be people, there would be humans to say the mutants were fighting to save us. The mutants were trying to protect us, so we can't let that get out. Right. You want to talk about fastball specials? Oh, yes. Here we go with another one. Yes. I love it. Throw her so she can phase right through that sentinel head. Who needs a full X-Men team when you've got Kate Pride? Well, you also have Rasputin. She's a one-woman X-Men team. Sure. Love it. Kingpin. You know, he's changed so much. Just He loves Mary. He I does. love it. He's like, Mary! He just cares for his wife, and he just gets smacked down by Karima. She's not messing around. And he is not happy. You'll I, pay for this. There, Once you cross, Wilson Fisk. You're done. There's so many pages in this section that make me feel like, okay, all right, they're, they're turning it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I did not, I had no idea that we were going where we're going towards in the end of the issue. No, I, no. I thought, you know, okay, there's going to be a handful of casualties. There's going to be some people missing. Who knows? But especially here where Exodus is taking down whole battalions of Orcus agents, you have the five doing whatever they can do to take down full Stark Sentinels. But it's just not enough. No. It's just not enough. The team up of Miss Marvel and Rasputin. Yes. Taking down Sentinels together. Best friends. But, you know, their their efforts are interrupted because Nimrod's not dead. You may have plunged him deep into the depths, Juggernaut, but he's coming back. I love that he's... Juggernaut shouts at Nimrod, you picked the wrong party to crash, buddy. I already apologized for that. (laughs) He's such a nice robot. Just a nice robot of death and destruction. Yeah. Juggernaut thrown into the base of the tower and seemingly knocking it over, mm-hmm. which I don't understand how we're then like, where is everybody afterwards for the rest? Are we just right. on the ground in the water? I, I don't know. I don't know. But Jean has had enough. Yeah. Oof. She is done. Jean. This is Jean's big flex. Oh, God. To, to literally catch and hold everyone. Everyone. To tell them, hey, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. No one else will die tonight. This is enough. I apologize to all of our guests, and I'm going to change the minds of all you Orcus goons. Yeah. This is... Let's go, Jean. The amount of potential mercy that she's willing to show, even though they've done this terrible thing to them. As Stasis makes a plea, it's now or never, friend. Ooh. Yeesh. This... This whole, this, this, the only way to sneak up on a telepath is to be a robot. Basically, to be very quiet, very sneaky, and plotting the entire time. Oh, the image of Jean getting stabbed. Moira coming in through a gate, sneaking up behind Jean, and stabbing her through the neck and throat with a dagger dripped in blight swill. It's just not okay. Jean's calling out to Scott, hey, we need you back here, bud. Not doing so hot. And uh, Scott's yeah. like, I'm really sorry, Jean, but uh, the 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 ellipses, the, the lack of air, the struggle for him to communicate with her, 
it's this, you know, what you were saying, like, I thought that things were going okay. And then this happens and you're just like, oh, no, 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 no. We're totally screwed right now. We're totally screwed. (sighs) And Moira, look at me, Charles. Look at what I've done and see what has happened to the one you love the most. A little jealous, Moira? You know, they used to be a thing. However many lives ago it was, or even in this life, I don't know. Never got too many details on where they're at. They do call her Moira X, so Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if that was for Ten or for Xavier. She's got the blight swill. Not enough for everybody, but enough to do some damage. Jean's the one that she needed to take out. And it sends a rallying cry to the rest of the mutants. They let go with their last stand. And we see Firestar grab Jean here. Now, on my second read, no, on my third look at the comic, which was not to read, but was just to like look at the art, you see Firestar strategically placed in all the backs of all these panels, sort of alluding to the fact that she's in the background all along. Yeah. Right? And she's the one who's going to just take Jean away for this moment as Moira takes her blade to Charles Xavier's throat. Making him stop them all. This moment was really difficult for me. I don't... I understand that she's basically saying, we're going to kill all the humans if you don't get all your mutants off this island. Off this planet. Off this planet. I understand that that's a big, that's a that's a heavy load to be placed on Charles Xavier. Because it's not just all of the humans here. It's all of the humans potentially around the world that have taken medicines in the last year. I know, but the thing that I'm struggling with is she's essentially saying it's all the humans or it's all the mutants. Which one's it going to be? And he chooses the humans. And that's rough. Uh, that is rough, but that's Charles Xavier. Uh, it, it tracks with his character. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying... It, no, it hurts. Yeah. And and also to just think that, yeah, the the humans would go crazy and all of this, but what you're saying in this moment, Charles, is I don't believe that we can stop this. I don't believe that we can win this. And I mean, yeah, it, it's looking pretty grim. I'm not going to lie about that. Well, sure. I mean, if he doesn't... She has a blade to his throat. He's dead. Mm-hmm. They'll just continue to do what they're doing right now in addition to having the humans kill each other. Yeah. Charles surrenders. This is one of my... I don't want to say favorite pages, but just a really beautiful art page. Oh, yeah. For sure. As everyone around him has whited out eyes as he has stopped them all. Moira and Stasis deliver the terms of what's to happen. You better send everybody through those gates off Earth. Send them to Araco. You know, send them, send them someplace nice. Someplace that's not breaking out into civil war. Just feels too easy. Like, you have to know there's more to it. It reminds me of Nimrod and Omega versus Magneto and Charles in Inferno. Mm. And the fact that 
Charles was like, you, you have to do this. You have to believe them. You have to trust them. We don't know where Moira is. If they destroy us now, if they kill us now, they've broken Cerebro. That information dies with us. And Magneto trusts Nimrod and regrets that. Right. So didn't you learn from your mistake? No, he did. He, he didn't. He didn't yeah, learn anything. But didn't Charles learn from that moment? He doesn't have those memories. <sighs> but also, yeah, he, he believes the best of people. In this moment, I wouldn't believe anything these two say. Sure. But like, what else can he do? I don't know. He can't really do anything to Moira. I guess he could do something to Stasis, but of the attackers, that's really the only one that has a human brain. It's just a difficult, you know, just just pointing out. Like, it's just difficult to, to grapple with because he's making a choice for every single person right now. Right. He's deciding. He knows best. That's Charles. <laughs> that's, for all of his good, that's the bad. I know. I know that. No, I know you do. <laughs> you write songs about it. <laughs> I don't have a song about it, y'all. Maybe <laughs> maybe one day I will. You you guys understand the powers of 10, right? For every mutant, we're going to kill 10 times more than of it's the a clever little callback, yeah. Yeah. Cuz I mean this this I don't want to say it's a bookend because we have confirmation that this is just a, a checkpoint. We're going into the fall. There's other things after the fall, but this is Really wrapping a lot of the ideas that were introduced in House and Powers. Mm-hmm. Well, while Charles is grappling with the idea to send everyone off world, Firestar is is awoken in her trance by Jean. Jean using her last energy in an astral form to contact Firestar. This. This whole thing. The traitor isn't really a traitor, but a plant to help the mutants move forward. Right. So when Destiny was talking about this, she was talking about... We need this traitor. Firestar. We need this traitor to be a traitor. But Firestar was never really a traitor. Uh, And this, to me... What do you mean, meh? Yes, that's true, but she is a traitor in the eyes of the mutants, right? It's all about... What information you have. It's the same, the fact that she calls out that they're lying, that they don't actually have that many people tapped with the drugs, right? This is, it's not about what's true and what's not. It's what people believe. Right, right. A hundred percent. I'm just saying deep down, like this is a big, this is a big ask of Firestar. This is like, you just finally got in the good graces of the mutants. You, you've just finally started to fit in here and now everyone's going to hate you. Yeah. But you have to do this for Krakoa. And that's that's huge for mutantdom, right? Like, And I love the way that Firestar reacts. And she says, well, when her and Jean are plotting it, and she's like, okay, right after the vote. And Firestar's like, no, before the vote. Like, people called me a narc. Let's, let's Lean into dig it. into it. Like, let's make it believable. Let's make it real. It was there. Jerry's just playing with it. And that's, I think that's a couple of things. One, that's... A really cool thing by Jerry to twist this mixed feeling towards Firestar and and really play with the audience perspective in the world of the mutants. It really makes you think about the care that they take of the stories in consideration to 
what the fans are feeling, whether they're, you know, egging us on and, you know, pushing our buttons or whatever. It's like, this is proof, like they're listening and they're trying to take that and make you think differently about a character. And for a character like Firestar, this is a big sacrifice. Oh, yeah. She's being thrown into it right now. Oh, yeah. And she's got to just go along with it. These implanted memories in Stasis's mind of their meetings, discussing what Firestar could do as this mole on the island nation. Mm-hmm. If I need to, who do I throw under the bus, Beast? beast I mean, everybody, obviously. obviously. One of the best lines. So you could just make up some bad stuff about Beast and it's fine. Everyone will believe Everyone it. will believe you because oh, yeah. he's the worst. He's been doing all those things. Charles, damn you for this. Go, my X-Men. The opposite of, to me, my X-Men. Yes, yes. (laughs) The look on your face. It's just really hard. It's really really hard because I understand, part of me understands why Charles did it. But the part of me that despises Charles Xavier is like, you idiots! Well, so I mean, that's what I keep on asking. Like, what else does he have as an option? I don't know. I just want. I love a character that will just fight until they die for what they believe in. And Charles was. Charles could have, I guess, let Moira kill him and trusted his his fellow mutants to fight until their last breath for what was right. But he didn't. But even even your statement, like someone that's willing to die for what they believe in. Charles believes in human mutant relations doing this at least has a shot at preserving that. That's always, that's his core. Yeah, I guess it just really makes me think about the point of at what point, like, hello, let me just put on my Magneto helmet and say, at what point is human-mutant re- relations more important than mutant life? Sure, absolutely. You know? And that's that's where it's difficult. Regardless of the outcome of this book, in that moment, it just felt like, all of the mutants are so ready to fight and, and so ready to do anything they could and, and not give up. And, and Charles decided, no, we're going to give up. Right. And that's really hard to, to swallow. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying that I would have known what the better choice is. I'm no, just... well, especially in the heat of the moment. Right. But the resistance has begun. The Red Triangle Protocol. This was established in a run of Al Ewing's not too long ago, mm-hmm. but before X-Men Red, but then was brought into X-Men Red as a way to resist against telepathic coercion. Mm-hmm. You can see, I mean, and I will point out the one or two that I'm like, how do they have this? Um, but Nightcrawler, yes, you would assume, mm-hmm. right? He's been a part of the X-Men since not the 05, but that, that second Genesis, time. right? As we see in what seems like New York, everyone going through the gates, going to a place unknown. Everyone being sent as we check in with Mother Righteous. What are you doing, Mother Righteous? I'm just taking a little bit of island for myself. Right, so Krakoa is not just the Krakoan island that everyone is on all the time. Mm -hmm. There is another set of islands in the Atlantic Ocean. That's what she's taking right now. She's putting them in her little orb. For what purpose? We don't know. She's always up to something, that one. Will she be the hero and save the day? Uh, almost definitely not. <laughs> we 
Will the mutants steal the island back from her and save the day? Here's hoping. How much do we love mankind? Not as much as you do, bro. Yeah. All these mutants being guided into the gates, unsure of where they're going. The handful that we see resisting. We see, so far we've seen Nightcrawler, Kate, and Emma. It's interesting that Lords does not resist, but we do see her after this ends. I think Emma sort of pulls her back. Right. We Forces d- her to resist. We get a data page detailing the X-Men secret weapon, the Red Triangle Protocol for Psychic Defense. A little bit more context as to where it came from, why it came from. Seeding this as a deeper retcon than we were previously aware that this is something that he developed after first encountering Emma Frost. Mm. Right? To, to see what telepathy could be used for in someone else's hands. We've got more Firestar Gene conversation and... Gene's essentially explaining the resist protocols to Firestar and and then, you know, saying, I got to go. Like, I'm on my last breath and I got a few other stops I got to make. Like, you're on your own, Firestar. You got this. This is, this is it. Couldn't pull in anybody else. Curse is here for some reason. A couple of people called that out in the comments. Like, hey, isn't Curse, like, wanted for eco-terrorism? Like, I understand that she's in the rehabilitation of... The mutant society, but like to the human world. Right. Oh, like why is she being seen on Krakoa? I was why like, is she at the gala? Right. So that she can curse Charles Xavier. Exactly. Which I don't know if that sends this group because this group looks like the Realm of X team. Oh, yeah. If this sends this group to another location. Because curse says curse you, Charles Xavier? Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I have my own theories about these gates. I don't know. I mean, I know, like, they're saying everyone's gone, but... I don't know. I just don't know that they're dead. I don't either. Why Why did we see the prison? Sure. And, I mean, maybe because they want to capture some of them, but just because Charles can't sense them doesn't mean they're dead. I feel like there could be... Oh, yeah, you can, you can write anything. You put them in a place that has... You put them in a giant facility that has psychic blockers. Right. So you can't find them. You make an entire building out of a magneto helmet. Sure. Right. There are ways, anything that you want to think up, you could write it. Right. Would you get that? There's still hope. Like, we don't see bodies, y'all. Yeah. We get that shot of Forge resisting as Angelica calls out to Jean one last time. Please, I I can't do this on my own. How will I contact survivors? This is what you've been training for. Mm hmm. And you want to talk about impactful pages, this is another one. I don't understand if this is an effect of Blight's Will that, that we haven't otherwise seen. You? Yeah. That disintegrates your flesh and organs and leaves bones. Leaves your bones. Well, it did the same thing to Iceman. So. Sure, I guess. Is that what Nimrod attacked with, though? I don't know. We don't know, right? It was, that was red. Right. Oh, but, I mean, Charles it, it, is so mad. He's yelling, Jane! Right <laughs> he's now. definitely yelling, Jane. <laughs> It makes for a hauntingly beautiful image. Oh, yeah. Now, here's where another gut punch. If we're not getting enough gut punches. Now, in this moment of of Gene saying goodbye to Scott, Scott says, I love you. I need you. Gene says, I loved you. Well, yeah, she's dying, though. Past tense. Because she's not alive. (laughs) 
Okay. I, I don't think that this is a way of her saying, like, I never loved you. <laughs> All right. No, not never loved you. Just, like, maybe her feelings changed recently, but maybe not. Since she was stabbed in the throat? I mean, I think just the fact that she was giving him an ultimatum about their relationship, what, one issue ago? Right. Doesn't make me think that she doesn't love him currently. Also interesting that she appears to him in her Marvel Girl costume. Right. Is this a JDC page? That is our one and only of the issue. The others not making it. See, I recognize some of them. Yeah. Do you know this one? This is Adam again. No, don't do this to me. Only let me call out the ones I know. (laughs) Don't quiz me. No, I'm going to. Uh, She wakes Logan. From his resistance. This page. Yeah. This like all basically like all the king's horses and all the king's men don't stand a chance. Yeah. Against Wolverine. And and like this. So you want to talk about how many because I don't think we get all of them. But we get a lot of setups for our miniseries mm. that are coming after, right? This definitely sends Wolverine on whatever berserker rage he's going to be hunting down. To yes. be able to do something, to avenge Gene, you know, weapons of vengeance, you know, let's go. Right. And Destiny. Destiny just walking right through. Ain't no thing. Come on, Mystique. This is what we got to do, baby. This is our only chance. This is what I saw. So much death and destruction. And it all culminates with a giant X in the heavens and with the fall of the Krakoans. This is R.B. Silva again. Oh, and then Exodus just pushing the five through. As they fight, they resist, but no, you can't resist Exodus. <laughs> oh, this page with Mystique. Oh my God. She's like, Charles, get out my brain. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in your brain. Get out of here. She has an aneurysm and throws herself out the window. Ugh. Like, I don't know. She's dead? No. I don't... Right. But also, it kind of looks like she's dead. She's not dead. They're... She washed away. She's swimming. She's going down to Namor. She goes, hey, Namor. <laughs> we need some help. Do you want to join the murder mommies? <laughs> He'd be like, yes. Yeah. Ugh. I don't think she's dead. I think that that's strategic that she washes away. Well, I also just, it's interesting that, you know, Destiny's note, Raven listened to Charles mm-hmm. and she does not. Right. She resists in her own way. Right. Freaking Stasis and Modoc with their freaking grins over They're here. so excited. Stasis laughing so hard at Mystique falling. Modoc just ready to push all the buttons. Right. I think I see, like, how does Kamala know to resist? That's the one that really makes me question. I, I'm willing to let it slide for Rasputin mm. just because she's got all the powers. I believe that this is Christopher Anka on art on these pages as <laughs> Stasis. Uh, am I crazy or are there still some very disgusting genes around here? What are you doing here? They really lean in on the just terrible bigotry that are the Orcus agents. Yes. And Moira was like, yeah, I knew about this, but... I've got this blade, so... She's just going to stab them all. Hopefully that'll work. Emma wakes everybody up. Emma! This... Emma, Emma, get it, get it, Emma, Emma Frost. This is one of your favorite panels, if not your favorite panel. I'm just so, after this and Invincible Iron Man, I'm so excited for Emma Frost right now. Get it, Emma. Take charge, baby. Revenge. Avenge the mutants. I love you. 
everybody grab link hands with lords which she's never been able to teleport this many people at once but this is potentially what remains of the mutant people and now i think we know why we needed manifold so badly sure and magic right, right. like let's take out the teleporters so they can't get out but you forgot about lords you forgot about lords oh my god it's like it's like emma and then you know shadow cat is coming and you know magic is in realm of x like it's the time it's the time for my women rescue in let go <laughs> I'm like not loving the fall of X, but I'm also loving the fall of X. Right, right. Oh, one last death before we make it out, as that is Pat. Pat Loika! Who gets shanked in his green suit. How very Dobby of him. Yes. <laughs> Ugh. I love Kingpin coming in here. Kingpin is just Snapping like. Snapping necks. No, no. I'm on the side of the mutants now. As they teleport. To the New York City Hellfire Club. I in like the basement. I like stasis. Ah, oh, crap. Yeah. That was not what they wanted. That is not what they wanted. They now have a, a, not a sizable, but a, a small resistance. They do have a resistance. And actually, I think it's Lords who has the Dobby moment here. Because as she teleports them all to safety, she is shot. And she's not going to make it. She's not. Just the... the darkness of these panels like i know they're in a basement but the tone change of just like this is it now like now they have to live underground like the sadness in emma's eyes just all right so we have a question and i I will get to it later but what death hit you the hardest lords hit me much harder than i was expecting yeah well because it's like this this was their hope like this is their like we did it at least some of us got out right. and you, you you get that glimmer of hope that you might be able to come through this. And then as soon as you do, another person dies. Right. And the way that this affects Emma, having brought Lords back into this life when she was free from it. I have I have one qualm and it's a stupid one, but I'm going to say it. Emma Frost would not wear the same shoes two years in a row to the Hellfire Gala. Pretty sure those shoes are from, or actually I think those shoes are from year one. Oh. So, come on, Jumbo. <laughs> but yeah, just, okay. to, just, just to go back to the real meat of the story. Just everybody around Lords as she dies. And, and, and Kate is like ready. She's like, we got to go. We got to do this. We got to get back there. We got to save people. This was this was much more impactful than I was anticipating. And who so who do we have here? Who's in here? We've got Angel, Kamala, Psylocke, Rasputin, Monet, Emma, Kate, Sink, Talon. Yeah. Uh, Aurora, North Star. That's Monet. That's Akira. Is that Gambit? There's Gambit. Where? In the in the second panel of the bottom, the jacket that's open with the red, open in the... Um, oh, yeah. Who has not been seen otherwise. Right. Basically, basically everybody that's in books. Right. That's that's it. That's who's here. Except for the Realm of X people, which is why I feel like... I, under, I, I think it's an interesting point what you're saying, that saying curse you, Charles Xavier, changed what happened when that group went through the gate, but... 
Because otherwise, did they all go to where the Realm of X team is going? Or Yeah, maybe. Or they all got teleported into different... Like, we know that Orcus is working with people in other worlds, and they're working with the Coven of Kaba, and they have connections. So, and, and isn't it true that you can't connect telepathically with people who are in another world? For the most part, yeah. So, like, they could have been all transported to... Like other dimensions. Potentially. I mean, it would, I mean, in, in the eyes of Orcus, does it make the most sense to just kill them all? Yes. yes. But I just don't know if that's necessarily the case. Like, that's not the only way that they. Well, that's what they're disappear. saying that they did as the, the villains celebrate their victory on the other page. Modok continuing to inject the serum from horticulture into the gates of Krakoa, shutting off their entire gate system nimrod bringing in juggernaut's seemingly lifeless dead body as he's like oh what's firestar still doing here do i have to do everything Mm-hmm. and then the quote-unquote secret plot that stasis and firestar have been working together from the get is revealed this chaotic look on moira's face Ooh, he's mine which i mean come on really all right charles xavier what's gonna happen charles we don't know we don't know, because well, right we now do. we're bouncing. We're bouncing back and forth, back and we forth. We have so many threads. We're back in the Hellfire Club as the blob is smaller than I imagined him. That's not the blob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a secret unit of gates buried underneath the Hellfire Club. Yes, because Emma plans for it all, baby. And what she didn't plan for was this exact replica image of Kate walking into the gate the first time. Boom. Oh, that's what that looks like. Breaking that nose. This has to be Mateo. Has to be. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Because of that image specifically. Yeah. Every gate is closed. They can't go back. They can't go anywhere. Cut back to the gala. As the humans are getting a little antsy. Yeah. I just got this report on my phone that says all the humans died at the Hellfire Gala and my family's going to freak out, so I got to get out of here and let them know I'm alive. Ooh, whoopsie. They sent that too early. The devious look on his face after the shock as Stasis says, kill the humans. And Charles is not happy. He loses it. This is exactly what you asked me to do. I'm begging you to not do this. He can do nothing against the shock troopers of Orcus. Right, right. Because no. they've got side blockers on. Right. And and what do we have to do, Orcus? We have to seal the deal. We can't just destroy the mutants. We have to destroy the mutants and their reputation. No witnesses. No witnesses. As Moira's blade sneaks underneath Charles's chin. And then we begin the Pepe pages. Ooh. Everything is your fault. This, the mutant massacre. <sighs> Which I, I feel like, you know, I love how they've done a lot of legacy naming. Yeah. The Mutant Massacre was not something I wanted to see again because right. you think about the number of people that died in the first one. I mean, you haven't read it, but still, just the number of mutants that died in the first Mutant Massacre. And right. And then to say, now we're taking it and we're not only using it again, but we're reframing it that the mutants massacred people. Right. Which I, I don't know. I, we'll talk about it in a second. But. This this made me laugh. You sold laced medicines. You invited Mr. Sinister onto the island and he almost ended Earth. Also, X-Men Green are eco-terrorists. Like, in a list. Right. 
that's probably like the least amount of worries. Yeah, but they have been bringing that up from time to time in their in their points, right? They, sure. they keep talking about nature yeah. girl. So it's just. What about beast? Right. The dream is dead, and humanity will cheer for us as we capture and kill the lot of ye. I'm ready. Oh, come on. This panel. Let's go, Rogue. Yeah. This whole page yeah. is just absolutely stunning. Well, even the the colors, too. This, this like faded effect on this panel where Moira is telling Charles all of the things that have happened mm-hmm. poorly. And then... She just rips Moira in half. She just explodes the crap out of her. And, you know, I think this is a moment where a lot of people have felt for a long time like Rogue isn't Rogue isn't rogue enough. Right? Sure. And yeah. now, here we go. Roguing out. She's she's going for it. Firestar. Be seeing you, traitor. Sleep with the lights on, sugar. Mm. Come on. I was, I, you feel bad for her. I do feel bad for her because right. she's... She's putting herself in a, such a situation where she's going to, she's hated now. I mean, sure. Jean said it. You're going to be hated and feared. Everyone's going to know who you are for yeah. what you've done here. I hope at some point, eventually down the line, she gets redeemed and everybody oh, knows course. what her sacrifice was. Of course. They're not going to put that in without a plan to utilize it. Ugh. And then Charles wants to be taken to the island. Got to do what Charles is going to do. They're all gone, Rogue. Who's gone? Everyone. Now I can't he, reach any of them. Here's the thing. She says there's a quarter million mutants on Krakoa. Mutants from all over the world got in those gates. Not just mutants on Krakoa. So that's even more. Right. This panel, this shocked look in her face. They can't all be gone. But just him saying they're dead. It's like, okay, you're saying it, Charles, but I don't believe that you're right. Right. And and the specificity of a meat grinder. Like, where are you getting this information? Right. Because I also, like, a meat grinder, I hate that. I know. <laughs> I, I it's, genuinely... It's like a meat suit all over again. Yeah. that That's one of my least favorite parts is just... I push them into a meat grinder. They're all... De- I, I love the devastation in his face. Mm-hmm. I love just how he's he's trying to reason through what's happened in this last page before... The break, avenge Krakoa, as we find Pacific Archipelago of Krakoa, population one, Charles alone on the island. Why don't you avenge Krakoa, Charles? What's he going to do? I don't know. That's a problem. He's a leader. He's not a fighter. Fall of X. We get a couple pages of Miss Marvel, the new mutant, the official announcement of our classified title. The first couple of... Issues with solicitation texts. Our next page, Ridiculousness of Krakoa is for all mutants everywhere. Mm-hmm. Next, X-Men 25. But before that, we catch back up with our friends in the Hellfire Club. There's a typo here what? in this printed book. It says, X-Men Hellfire Gala number one, August 2nd, 2023. Oh. Interesting. But yeah, we're back. We're back in the Hellfire Club. We got all our gates. And our friend Kate is about to pull her classic I'm a lean on this gate move. It's what she does. At least it's been established earlier in this issue. And she falls through for the first time. She uses the Krakoan gate system. 
Catherine! Following through the other side, the embassy in Jerusalem, Israel. I love this image so much. I just love how, like, chill and giddy she's like, ho ho! You fellas aren't going to behave, are you? Yeah. And the the fact that we know that Shadow Cat is coming, it's like, oh, she's just going to kill all these guys real quick and then Oof. cut her hair and become a ninja and disguise herself. Real quick. I'm so ready for it. Let's go. Yeah. Wow. That's it. That's it. <sighs> that's it. I mean, that's that's a lot. It's like... Did that help in any way to, to process it? To, I mean... You're pretty strong on the they're not dead camp. I just I, I just want to believe that they're not dead. I do too. I think that that would be a lot and, and kind of almost triggering and traumatic for the mutant population, especially knowing how it extends to other people. And, and I think Charles needs to believe that they're dead so that he can really grapple with the decision he made to choose humans over mutants. But I don't think that they actually need to be all dead i think he needs to have this moment i think he needs to think that and the mutants maybe need to think that as a you know but maybe realm of x is the team the that team maybe that's the marauders we always wanted maybe they're traveling from realm to realm gathering all the mutants back up Hmm. interesting just a thought yeah i just feel like what curse said, you know, curse you, Charles Xavier. I don't know how those specific words of cursing Charles changes where they go would save those five mutants. Right. And so the fact that they all have gone through the gates like that to me is just that's like a glaring discrepancy and them all being dead. It's just interesting that that is literally the team. They're all going through one gate together. You know, something happens differently to them. I don't know what causes it, but right, they do not go where everybody else goes because they have a title that they go to. Right. Overall thoughts? I mean, it's a lot. It's hard on the heart. It's it's a whirlwind. You need to read it multiple times because I I don't know. It feels. I said this to you earlier. Like this is Infinity War. Right. Like this is. That buildup of that kind of devastation that gives our heroic team the motivation and the determination to overcome this huge foe. And the thing that I keep saying in my mind is we had Infinity War. We left that theater watching everyone disintegrate, right? Half the population disintegrate, Mm -hmm. which is essentially what's happening here. And then we were rewarded with that wonderful moment, the Avengers Assemble moment. So, yes, this is a terrible moment and we don't really know what happened and we don't really know what's next. But when a story hits this hard and is this impactful, you know there has to be a moment for the heroes on the other side. Right. Because, you know, in some instances, right, like in certain novels and I guess spoilers if you never read the Divergent series, so sorry. But in that, like the Divergent series is not a happy ending, right? It doesn't end with sunshine and rainbows and victory for the heroes. And I liked that as a story because it didn't have your traditional classic predictable ending. But that is a story that has a finite end. Like that's a set of novels that then ends. X-Men, mutants, 
that world continues on in Marvel Comics in some way. Right. Marvel is not going to eliminate the property that they have just acquired for, you know, you want to compare this to the time where they did No Mm -hmm. More Mutants. Because that's kind of what this is, right? Right. You go and you eliminate all but 198 of the mutants because you want to stick it to Fox. Right, to say you can't use these. Right. That's not where we're at right now. We're at a point where they want mutant stories. So this is really just a low point in the overall narrative of Krakoa. Right. How are we then going to use this as a rallying cry Mm -hmm. to fight for what we can hopefully regain? Like, I feel that the X-Men comics have been really successful and that, like, the the crossing over, the melding of this Krakoan world, the different stories, the larger arc that they've created, I just feel like they wouldn't just destroy that. And I, I understand, like, I've seen people saying stuff online, like, some people are super upset and everyone's feelings are valid and, and it is a really triggering thing and I totally understand, like, you know, I read one one comment that was like, why would marginalized people want to see other marginalized people in a genocide right you know like i get that but i think something else that's really well not but also i think something that's really impactful is actually something that you said in the panel that you were on at san diego comic-con about you know they're asking about um your favorite stories and you were talking about days of future past and how that story really says like this is what happens if we don't do something mm-hmm. if we don't stand up and do something and i think this is that kind of moment in the comics this is this is a reflection on our world and this is saying like this is what happens if you don't act or this is what could happen if if people with that much, much hatred in their hearts get power you know and it's it's i think part of why it's so upsetting is because it feels like it could be real in a sense. Sure. You know? And that's a difficult line that really good art crosses. That like art imitates life in a way that is like sometimes people... It's a little too close to home sometimes. I mean, it's like the reason I... I've watched Grey's Anatomy the the entire series. I watched it over and over and over again. But during COVID, I stopped watching it. Because it became about COVID and all the characters having COVID. And I was like, I want to watch TV to escape my reality and escape this crazy, scary time I'm living in. I don't want to watch a show where that scary time is being put in front of my face and and affecting characters that I love. So I can totally understand both perspectives of it. Um, But as a story, the way that this book made me feel – feelings and makes me want to read it again and makes me want revenge and vindication for my characters like that I love like that's a good story to me yeah right you want to be able to feel things you want to be emotionally impacted you want to be connected to the characters and the stories with the struggles that they're going through are your struggles right It, it was a whirlwind of emotions like I read it entirely too many times and it's only Wednesday yeah overall I really enjoyed it. There were parts of it that I didn't love. And in general, mass genocide doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. if that's what happened. But we don't know. That's what we've been led to believe. But this, in a sense, 
is the counter to the complaints of the overuse of Krakoan resurrection. Mm-hmm. And it sets up the remaining mutants for a really interesting new starting point. Like, I'm excited about where stories go from here, yeah. regardless of how I feel in this moment about what just happened. It's definitely got that, like, dystopian, post-apocalyptic future kind of vibe to it. Right. You know, they, they've been decimated. Mm-hmm. They have however many mutants left as their resistance and no way of knowing who else is out there. I really like the idea of them as the resistance and the idea of the other mutants potentially scattered or imprisoned. Uh, whether or not that's true, that's my headcanon for right now. Sure, right. <laughs> we'll let that happen for now. We have a ton of questions, reactions, thoughts, feels. Okay, well, yeah, let's get into it. And that's not even including, uh, before we started recording, I posted the image of Rogue eyes oh, wide right and just the image people, that essentially what matches the face i made in the story yes um but these were the questions from our question box in stories on instagram saiken 78 just said brutal brutal yep yep agreed the phil backstad said a lot to unpack yep it's just the emotions right it's a lot it yeah is. it is and it's like I think, honestly, talking about it makes it feel a little less heavy on my chest. Sure. But it's still... A lot. It's still weighing on me. So many people messaged the pod and was like, hey, I don't know people in real life that I can talk to about this. So I'm just yeah. saying this to you guys. And that's why I wanted to start the podcast. Right. neither do I. Right. Except for now, I do. You got me, baby. Remspringa sent in the image of the X-Men team with a caption of Marvel saying, you can only keep one. <laughs> Mar- that was like really like, oh, you, you want this? You, you like this? I take it away. I take it away. Warline had a couple of points. Kate can now pass through the gates, mm-hmm. but no other mutants. And he's bringing up the fact that Mark Guggenheim and Tarn Taylor had said that there's a mutant who isn't one. And they don't know who that is, but the hints were all towards Kate. This was around the time people were wondering why she couldn't resurrect. People were saying, is it because of that story? Is she actually a mutant or not? Hmm, interesting. But she's backed up on Cerebro. Right. It's. I don't think that it's actually going to pan out as that, but it's an interesting point to connect. One thing that I think is interesting is that, you know, there's this whole... She generally can disrupt technology, and this is technology that's disrupted her, but then... The scientists have altered the technology, so whatever they have done has has made it so that she can disrupt it again. Right. Well, it's interesting because you think, is it because it's bioorganic technology? Because it's Krakoan gates, but then like she can phase through people, so right. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's weird, and I hope Jerry has an answer for it. Well, as we've been told, there's been an answer for why Kate can't go through the gates the whole time. Right. So... Maybe we're about to find out a little more. Warline had brought up the point about Curse being at the gala. Mm-hmm. And the fact that X-Men Green are repeatedly mentioned as terrorists. And yet here she is at a function with humans. And right, and right. Mm-hmm. Celebrating diplomacy in the future. Uh, but he also needed to let us know that he's tired of Terminator Moira. I'm still not okay with what happened to her in X-Deaths and how she's being written since is only making things worse. And I would agree that the ex-death's turn was very abrupt. The 
or at least the reveal of it, because we don't know how long she had been cooking with this. Right. We do know that this was not Hickman's initial intention. Right. That he did not plan for Moira to be a villain. But that was a turn that the writers decided to take and that she was secretly working on this cure all along, that she doubted the choices that she made because of Destiny's influence and that she was trying to potentially pursue a line that might have been the answer all along. Yeah. Eek. I mean, I only know Moira really. I know she existed before, but I really only know her from House of Powers. And I love I love a plot twist like that. Oh, yeah, sure. I I mean, I do agree that she is comically villainous. Mm -hmm. Kill him, you know, just just murder in her eyes. Chaos everywhere. She's been wronged. Sure. Has she, though? She was put in the no place and she didn't like it. Yeah, I guess. And now she's hanging out in space, secretly plotting. Captain 2 Michael kind of wants to go to the Hellfire Gala. Not this one, though. I like to live. I like to live. Well, we went to the real Hellfire Gala, and it was a lot more fun than this one. Indeed it was. Even if it was hot and sweaty and crowded. Mm -hmm. Pete Woods, 86, had his mind blown. As an Irishman, I didn't appreciate our ambassador being murdered. (laughs) Which is fair. How will Orcus spin this massacre? Right? Like, What caused this to happen on the island? They're just going to say that the mutants started attacking each other? I think other? they're just like, going to say that the mutants lured all these humans so that they could kill them all. And now they've gone away to space to be alone. Which doesn't make a whole lot sense. of sense. So I'm interested to see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. A couple people are wondering who won the public vote, right? Mm. And that's been confirmed as being Juggernaut. So Juggernaut is the winner. He's also on that cover in a couple of issues fighting against or pitted against Firestar. Oh, so I do think so that maybe he's not dead. I don't think he's dead. You know, I think he's unstoppable. So maybe he's just taking a nap. He just passed out a little bit. Bleeding everywhere. Blonde China wondering, what did Mother R do exactly? I thought she took Krakoa, but Charles ended up there, right? So we're talking about the different islands. The fact that there are multiple islands yeah, of Krakoa. I would agree that that is, that is a little bit confusing sure right it's only quick it's in a couple of text boxes right that it's like pacific versus atlantic Atlantic, yep there's no way that they everyone walked through the gates and died right no way yeah that's kind of what we're gonna have words with jerry (laughs) send him a message on instagram he's hiding from everyone he's like no i gotta i gotta (laughs) take a step back mike loves mariah carey loved the reveals, the outfits, the murders, the artwork. This may be my favorite year of the outfits. Is that just recency bias? Was this a No More Mutants massacre? And it feels like it's being set up as, but like we were talking about before, I don't believe that they would do something like that at this point. Yeah, I just feel there's got to be something else to it. And also, yeah, the fashion is on point. It gets better and better every year. Yeah. Mike was excited for the new X-Men team and then that drop-in reveal. Like, seriously? Pumped for Dazzler to be on the team. I know. And then nothing. Also, I wonder, is there ever going to be another Hellfire Gala? Doesn't look like it. I never get to make another Hellfire Gala outfit? Doesn't look like it. (laughs) I mean, you can always go back and source the old years. It's not the same. Legion on Zoom says, no way they all died. Orcus would have been gloating about it. Also, it's just super intense and traumatic. Very curious to see how Bobby comes back for his solo book. Right. I I would agree that 
if Orcus knew that they all died. Yeah, they would be like, they're dead. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So they've put them somewhere. Yeah, that's. I agree. I'm also curious to see Bobby's comeback. Yeah. J.A. Arbach author asking for a map, a crazy design showing where everyone went. Holy crap, my mind is still spinning. So we do have something of a map that shows where the remaining mutants are, or at least where they're headed. Oh, right, because it's in the trailer. That promo image of all the different people around the world. Gene, not on that. Mm-hmm. A number of mutants not on that, to be fair. But we do have some representation of where people have landed and where their stories will continue, at least for this section of the Fall of X. L.V. Duar said, you guys, so many thoughts, but one stands out. X-women are the best X-men. That's friggin' right. Let's go. I mean, they always have been. Let's go. But this gala definitely showed how they stood up. Jean. Emma. Emma. Kate. Lords. Kate. Lords. Firestar. Rasputin. Magic. Psylocke. Psylocke. Barusu33 wonders, what do you think is next for the murder mommies, Emma and Jean, during the rest of the Fall of X? Now, Jean, she has her own title, right? She's back in time or throughout time, likely to be resurrected as the Phoenix Mm -hmm. proper, right? Emma... Probably going to be involved with the X-Men in some way, or at least with Tony and doing something more than being the politician on Krakoa. I just feel like Emma is coming for you, Orcus. Oh, yeah. Like, Emma is coming for you. You took her children. She's not messing around. And... Who murder mommies? I don't know where Destiny's at, but I know Mystique's hiding somewhere. Yeah, she's swimming. I don't know what's going on with Destiny though. Like Mystique, unclear. Destiny went through a gate because she said she had to. So, and I don't believe that she would go to her death either. Is Rogue flying off to get Manifold? Wait, like, what's he doing? Did you tell me Destiny when I'm supposed to wake him up? For real. Like. She said, we have to have him under here. He's got to be here. It's another thing why I'm like, he, they're somewhere and maybe that's what Manifold's for. Like, yeah, yeah. he has to teleport all of the mutants back. Back from Because they're they on some other world and he needs to, like, use his powers to get them back. And that's the only way to save them all. Well, and Destiny has to be there. Well, BMCG2 agrees. He said, what the F? That is all. No, I'm lying. Where the F is Manifold? Yeah. Wants to know. Eden. Come and save us all. Yeah. Peace stamp. So who is the new X-Men team? I love the issue, but the new team reveal was whack. I don't think we know who the new team is. We know some of them. And I was talking about this with DC Cinematic Universe as well. The fact that Sink and Talon were elected to be the leaders. Right. And they're and they there. Are, they're fine. Kate, Kate is on the cover. on the team. Right. Juggernaut won the vote. And he's on that next cover, Fighting Firestar. So we have at least those four. I'd say, so DC Cinematic Universe had said Emma would likely be involved on this team. She wanted to be more than just a politician. She wanted to be involved yeah. in the actual events. You know, is Miss Marvel? Potentially. Or is she just on the New Mutant side? There was uh, Danny, some... Danny Moonstar, is she dead? Nope, she's in Realm of X. Okay. Oh, she's in Realm of X. Right. Bishop? I, I do like the fact that 
I think it was Gene that said all the mutants are now X-Men. Like yeah, everybody is everyone's now. an X-Men, which I think maybe that's it. Right. Maybe there isn't an X-Men team. Maybe the X-Men is everybody that's left. Everyone that's left, yeah. The Pikachu wants to know, when the fall is over and the rise begins, do you want us to keep our X-Vote winners? So will will that lineup that was introduced be the next vote team? That'd, that'd be nice. I would be into that. To actually get their time? Yes. I, I honestly, I think that this is a cool way to twist what the X-Men was and what they've previously been. Right. Right. Everybody's Shake an X-Men. It up. The whole, there's no, just a solitary team. Everybody needs to be moved to the forefront of freedom fighters for mutant kind. If you're a mutant, you're an X-Man. He wants to know whose death was the hardest for you. Uh, are you ready for me to blow your mind? Jean Grey. Wow. I mean, that was the most intense. It's the it's the sacrifice. It's the hope that she brings. It's the selflessness. It's like she was dying, but she did everything she could to literally her last second. Sure. To make sure that the mutants could move forward from this moment. And honestly, she's been killing it. As much as I'm like, have my complaints about Jean... She is a baddie and she is strong and she is so powerful yeah. and it's going to be a difficult road without her. She is definitely a compassionate leader. And I think the reason why that didn't hit me so hard is because I know about the miniseries because I know that she's going to find her way back. Like that miniseries made me believe that she was going to die in this issue. So I was expecting yeah. it. But I think the thing is for me, it's like, the elements of her of her death, right? It's the the conversations with Firestar and the moments that she was like essentially passing a torch to to Firestar. And then you had her moment with Scott and her moment with Wolverine. And like these things, these little nuggets that she's leaving, like the interactions as she was dying. You know, it's not necessarily just that she died, but it's the impact that her death had in the book overall. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Lord's death was really difficult. That was the one that, that hit moment. me the hardest, probably because of her sacrifice, mm -hmm. because of just the shock. Like, I thought we made it out. I thought deaths were done at that point and just how it affected Emma. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like a big Lord's fan. Right. Know? The Pikachu also wanted to know, was Magneto right? Has Charles turned all of mutantdom into martyrs for his dream? <laughs> I mean, Magneto was always at least on the path to rightness. I, I've been talking about this with a couple of people. Magneto and Charles, neither are right. Both had some things about. And that's why I thought the, the dream of Krakoa, the melding of mm -hmm. their two sides was so good. Right. Because it tempered the rage of Magneto and the idealism of Charles. But when it comes down to it, it's fine to want peace and harmony but it's naive. But when you're not seeing it happen yeah. and you choose to save the other side over saving your own people, that's where I get stuck. Oh, yeah. Which member of Orcus are you most looking forward to seeing get their just desserts? Hmm. Dr. Stasis. Really? I just think it would be fun to watch him crumble. Obviously, Moira. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's Moira for me, or at least Nimrod, because mm -hmm. I know that that's the big threat in the background. Right. The fact that the robots 
for whatever the success of the humans, the robots are the true villains. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they seem to have recruited Moira to their cause, or at least to their side. I I wonder how many conversations are happening off panel there. Modok being there as well. It, It just seems like they're developing their own council within the Council of Orcus. Mm. EJ Star 89, sad AF, <laughs> but we're coming back, dot, 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 all caps, and we're going to destroy Orcus. Yes, see, that's, that's the energy we need. That's, that's the end game energy. That's what this book does to you. Right, right, it rallies. You're going down, Orcus. Exactly. Counseling with Mr. B has no words. I've been waiting all day for this book. Great story. But I have no words. Mm-hmm. It just hit too hard. Sketchy X-Men Legends. Wow. Dot, dot, dot. What to say? Charles. <laughs> he is, Charles. I mean, he's getting a lot, of, a lot of looks on this. Yeah, as he should. This forced exodus. It's intense. Yeah. Pastry Jordan said, overall, love the book. And I'm terrified for my mutants and Krakoa. Real death suddenly being back on the table will be quite the adjustment for them. Very intense. I know the mutants have been on a winning streak for a while, but damn. Yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a little worried about the ending. It's like a No More Mutants 2.0. I hope we're not down to 30 mutants again, or it's going to not be a forever thing like post-House of M, right? Yeah, I don't think it will. I don't think it will either. I, I think that they know... That they're toying with something that's going to be larger. I think that's what's so good about it is that they're like, they're they're like teasing yeah, with yeah. this like fear that people have of of no more mutants, and they're like, oh, because, hello, hi, my name is Wanda, and I've created the Elysium Fields. Right. I mean, that is something to like, think about. Hello. But how do they resurrect? Where are the five? They're all inside Rasputin. No, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But but Rasputin said, I come from a world with the gifts of the five without the five. So she's Mm, got knowledge. I I think she's talking about the five mutants that make up her powers. Okay, maybe. Maybe. So so you're saying that there's another version of the five in the future? Yeah, I think there is. Because the five, like, Hope was a corrupt sinister. I don't know. Seems like an interesting statement to have dropped. Let me look it up and see exactly what she said. I am Rasputin. Four. I have come from a future with gifts of the five, but not the five. Right. So I feel like, like, I don't know, I feel like she knows something. She's been around the block. I think there's, there's ways, there's ways. How'd Beast do it? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Science. But also a good point. He made his own. Beast is going to swoop in and be like, oh, what was that? I'm here to save the day. I can got resurrection up my sleeve. Someone hasn't read Wolverine. <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> read anything. Spoiler alert. Not really, but yeah. I'm Red X Baby said, I have decided to take a break from writing Krakoa fix for my emotional and mental health. Oh. And that's for real. You know, like that's that's intense. Yeah. I mean, everyone's feelings are valid and this was a lot. So I can understand needing to take a minute. Kid Wolf, all I'm going to say is that after the gala, I am never going to be the same again. 
I heard there's talks of a new hashtag, hashtag justice for Krakoa going around. Mm. Which, yeah. Yeah. A.M. Friedrich is speechless. I don't know if I've ever felt this defeated from a comic book. All our friends are dead or exiled from their home. What great execution from the creative teams. Every moment was exciting, albeit upsetting. I absolutely did not guess Firestar would be the traitor. Where did all the mutants that went through the gates go? Sorry, I have no IRL friends that read X-Men, and I've just got a lot of thoughts and feelings. Can't wait for you to cover this. Yeah, thoughts and feelings for days. I feel like literally I could talk about this for six hours because every two seconds I have another thought. Yeah, for real. I don't know where they went, but I hope that they went somewhere that isn't a meat grinder. Yeah. You're never going to give that up. I will not. That is the new Moira wearing Banshee. Oh, no. A meat grinder? Vaderino, unpopular opinion, I'm sure, but I'm excited for the comeback that this will bring. Listen, Vaderino, I'm right there with you. Same. I mean, this this just raised the stakes, and that just makes a, a good story. Like, like, Endgame was Endgame because Infinity War was the low. Right. Like, that feeling, I'll never forget the absolute silence of the theater after we saw Infinity War. Like, that movie ended and nobody spoke. And I feel that with this book. Like, when I read it for the first time, I was just like, huh? Like, stare into space, you know? And, like, that kind of epicness is what gives you a great comeback story. It's true. He's saying that we're going to get so many awesome stories about vengeance and revealing the dirty tricks that Orcus did. Mm -hmm. And I agree. That's where we're headed. So many plants seeded in this issue. Firestars, a mole, and Orcus. Kamala is back. The Unity Squad is now more important than ever, and Kate can go on her Assassination World tour. The issue was rough, but Krakoa will be back. I thought for sure we'd lose the island, but it's still there. The mutants will get the last laugh. Just wait. Just wait. It's coming. I'm here for it. Interjecting a little lightness, Gravel Road Cosplay said, Is it just me, or does Cannonball look like Boomhauer from King of the Hill? (laughs) I mean, kind of, yeah, for sure. Uh cannonball comic extracts wonders if our vote even mattered after all that setup they had it for literally nothing to change in the comic the exception being juggernaut who had the most panel time i mean it could be whichever one of them won the vote would be the one that would survive right right you could have done something similar with cannonball or frenzy you could have found a way to maybe jubilee got dashed away or dazzler was you could write it anyway, but yeah, Juggernaut had the abilities to be the one that was secure in some way. Daniel's fine with hard things, but I need to be able to buy that Xavier killed them when he thought he was fixing it. This felt like Jerry was killing them and putting all of the trauma on Xavier so he didn't have to work out the details. Right? So I think what I was saying earlier is is the is an option for an answer here that Charles needs to feel the pain of thinking that he killed all of them in order for him to to change his mindset in some way. Yeah. And I don't, I I just don't think they're all dead. I could be completely wrong, obviously. But I really think this is about, I think Fall of X is more about Charles Xavier shifting his focus and he needs to feel responsible like in all these other instances of these giant deaths of mutants it's never been Charles's fault correct 
Like, No More Mutants was Wanda. Genosha was... Charles's evil twin sister. Right. So, yeah. like, this is essentially the first time... Who he murdered in the womb. So, I mean, I don't know. Right, but Long this is, like, revenge. him feeling like they all died at his hand. And I think he needs that moment for a big shift in his character. His character's outlook on life has been the same... Right. For so long. Even even in the last issue of Immortal, still believing that he has to be the one that saves them. And I think it's also important for him to know that he made this decision on his own and just made a quick decision and decided for other people. And maybe that's a wake-up call for him to say, maybe I shouldn't be making decisions for everybody. For an entire nation of people. Right. Quarter of a million mutants. Because... It's it's like a, you know, it's a giant slap in the face. Granted, it's a very difficult one to deal with, but... Yeah. Well, he draws the parallel between content of X-Men 24, the discussion between Gene and Scott on whether mutants should be exiled from Earth and how that's literally the path that Xavier forces on his species to save humanity. Mm-hmm. Jerry did an awesome job seeding that philosophical point and setting up Scott and Gene for this moment. Yeah. Kyle Joseph Likens said that the line about the meat grinder really got to me. I hope someone puts McCoy and McTaggart down. <laughs> yes, got to me too. I got to read Wolverine. Uh, yeah, maybe. I just wanted to read the gala. That's all of our questions. Oh, well, I'm sure there'll be more, many more discussions about this event as the weeks and months go on and we'll all take time to process and have our feelings and, you know, something will happen. Something will happen. I mean, we'll talk about what's coming next week in our next episode, but the fact that we get an immediate follow-up next week with X-Men. So what is our plan? Are we going to put all the books of last week and the other books of this week and next week's books all in one issue, uh, one episode? No. Okay, so... I think we're going to round out Destiny of X in an episode that's going to come out after this. Got it. So this does technically kick off what I would probably say is the next season of our content because it's the fall of X. Mm. But then we'll have like a wrapping up of Destiny of X because a lot of those plots don't necessarily intertwine with this. X-Men Red is doing its own thing. Wolverine is kind of doing its own thing. Mm. Deadpool is barely Krakoan. I forgot about it too. But yeah, next next week we have X-Men 25 and Iceman number one. Ooh, so we're just we're digging in, baby. <sighs> Until next time, old friend. Charles, come on, man. Come yeah. on. <laughs>